0: Romans chapter 3, we'll start in verse 21 and see how far we get. But the heading, uh, you can see it on your notes, Roman numeral number 3, and it is the Introduction to Justification. Introduction to Justification, that is verses 21 through 31. So we have seen... Last class, we were dealing with the heading that all the whole world, everybody is guilty before God. There is not one single person that is not guilty before God. And one of the things that really uh, reveals that is the law. The law will condemn every single person that ever attempts to follow it. We attempt to live and follow the law. Just the Ten Commandments. You attempt to keep the Ten Commandments, it will show you that you are not righteous, that you are unrighteous. That's how it works. You set out to keep the Ten Commandments, and you will fail. Doesn't matter how how good you think you are, you will fail. The greatest person, if they're you know, the most holy, upright person that they're, Has ever been minus Christ because he's the only, really truly the only one. But no matter how perfect anyone thinks that they are. No matter how holy you look at someone and say, man, they are, they are it. They have failed and broken the Ten Commandments at least one time in their life. And that one failure makes you eligible for a death sentence. By God, you have to keep it perfectly. Your whole life, never failing, not one single time. Therefore, all men are obviously guilty before God, because that is not possible. <laughs> There's only been one, and his name is Jesus. Hmm. So now we're here, introduction to justification. Let's go ahead and read. I'm going to read uh, through verse. Uh, oh, my page I'm going to read through verse 26, but we will not get there. I have studied up to verse 25, and I'm hoping just to get there. (laughs) So let's go ahead and read, and then we will just jump right in. Verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them who believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness. That he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Now this will go through, this heading will go through verse 31. Okay, yeah, verse, verse 21. Go ahead, Dad. But now the righteousness of God. Without the law is manifested. Should read. Apart from law. So it should read. But now the righteousness of God. Apart from law. Is manifested. Uh, That apart from law. Apart from works of merit. You will not be righteous. Based off of works of merit. It is not. Possible. If you if if that's the case, then you will be judged totally on merit, and you, you won't have you, you got to be perfect. You have to be perfect. God only accepts perfection. So if you are not perfect, then you don't have a shock. Well, that counts me out. <laughs> Talking about living off of works or merit. If you are not perfect. It cancels you out. Well, that's all of us. Not one of us is perfect. The word righteousness is the result of justification by faith. It is the act or process by which a man is brought into a right state as related to God. Now that we're getting into justification here, um, one of the things... To, we'll, we'll clear up is justification is a legal, it's, it's a verdict. It is not just, a, it's not an emotion, it's a verdict. Like a legal verdict. In a court of law, you're either guilty or you're not guilty. Justification is that, 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 that's that idea. It is a legal declaration. It's not a feeling, it's not any of that. It is a legal work. Justification. Justification is not the same as sanctification. Justification is not the same as sanctification. If you do not understand justification, then your sanctification process, which we all have, by the way, that is ongoing for all of us, will be miserable. If you do not understand justification by faith, If you do not understand justification, sanctification will be miserable. And the truth is, is you will probably give up if you do not understand justification. This is how important knowing, believing, and understanding justification and what God has actually done. That allows you to go through sanctification... And you can go through sanctification rejoicing. Even when you bust your face. Not if, when you bust your face. Because we're going to bust our face. I don't know, I bust my face a lot. And good thing it doesn't show (laughs) all the time. I'd be looking like just just rubbed on pavement. And I mean, I busted my face in my sanctification process. But justification allows me to get back up. Yes. If it wasn't for justification we have no hope. That's right. Justification is so important. I, I, I just want to make sure and stress this um, that we are, we're talking ju- justification. We all sanctification is every believer has a sanctification process but what we are learning here is not sanctification, it's justification. Uh, justification is a state, it is a position. Sanctification is also a position, but it is more of a condition. It, It really deals with your condition, whereas justification deals with your position. You have a position in Christ that does not change as long as you are in Him. Now, your condition is... (laughs) <laughs> up and down and up and down there's some times where we're doing great it seems like you're on the mountaintop spiritually and then there are times where you are in the valley. there are times where you feel like honestly there are times where in your Christian walk in this walk with the Lord there are times that you feel like you just cannot be touched by mm-hmm. sin I mean, like can we just, we're gonna have to be kind of real, you know. <laughs> there are times where you're on the mountaintop and you just, man, it's like you are just basking in the presence of God and you're just like, man. And then there are those other times where you're failing and you don't even you don't even get it. You are failing and you see something in your life and you know it's not supposed to be there, but yet it's there (laughs) and you're failing, but yet you're saved and you love God with all your heart. Up, down, up, down. If you get your eyes on your condition, then you will be up and down and up and down. God's desire is that you get your eyes on your position. If you are if you have your eyes and your focus on your position in Christ, all the while going through the sanctification process, whether you fail or succeed, you are not moved. That's what it means to be dead. You are dead in Christ. Whether I'm doing great or whether I'm doing bad, the only thing I can see is what Christ has done for me. That's it. So when I do great, I don't even rejoice in it. The only thing I boast and rejoice in is the cross. And when I'm doing bad, I'm still boasting and rejoicing in the cross. If you focus on your condition, you are going to be a roller coaster Christian, and that's that is miserable. It is miserable. That is not that is not the more abundant life that Christ promised us. It's not. You'll be saved, but miserably saved. Up and down, up and down, and you'll be dominated by sin, and you don't get it. Justification is super important, and it is very important for us to understand it, believe it, and to, to really have a true revelation of it in, in our in our in our a personal revelation in our own heart to see I am in Christ. I have a standing, a position, a state in Christ that does not change. One of the ways I heard Brother Bob uh you know kind of talk about it is that. Um, our, when we're uh, to be dead in Christ, that you know, you want to be consistent, be dead. He said he was at a hospital one time and he saw the heart monitor, <laughs> it goes, you know, it's like up and down, up and down. He said, and then it's what they call flatlining that's what we need to be. You want to be consistent, you need to be dead. You want to be consistent, you need to be dead in Christ. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but you, man, 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 I, man I, I, I pray three times a day, two hours. Beep. Well, I can't, but I don't boast in it. Well, I, the only thing I'm boasting is what Christ has done for me, my position in Christ. Man, God must be pleased with you because you pray. No, God's pleased with me because my faith is in Jesus and I'm in Christ and He doesn't see me and He sees Christ. Amen. He sees what Christ has done. What are you doing? I'm just... <laughs> I'm just flatlining, that's all. <laughs> I'm just dead. Just flatlining. Man, you're in the valley. Your whole world's falling apart. And because situations and circumstances <clears throat> aren't doing so good, and it's painful, and it hurts, and it's bringing things up out of your heart that you did not even know are... vexing. now we're talking about sanctification. You did not even know that that was in your heart. You didn't know that that bitterness towards that person was in your heart. You didn't know that you actually still, within your own wicked heart, Still had something that thought, God, this isn't fair. Why would you put me through this? See, we're going to have to get real. Real. See, religion is fake. Relationship is real. Relationship is not afraid to admit. Religion says, well, you got to see the best. But true Christianity says you decrease. And sometimes the only way that we prideful creatures will decrease is when we bust our face. Like Peter, I will never, I'll never deny you, Lord. I'll go to death with you. I'll die for you right now. Mm -hmm. And then he did not Sometimes that's what it takes. And see, God's concerned about your spiritual well-being. Not necessarily your earthly well-being in this life. He does does care about that. And he will provide for you and take care of you. You're his child. What father would not? But not at the detriment of your spiritual well-being. You preach that to this generation, good luck. <laughs> this generation, that's me, my generation. Well, how do you know that, Tanner? Because I was like that. <laughs> what well, you see now, a turtle on a fence post. <laughs> like Brother Bob said I'm just I'm just a turtle on a fence post How'd you get here? I don't know The Lord forced me in a corner And I couldn't run Because if I would have had the ability to Oh I would have <laughs> yeah. But I couldn't run See but through the trial And the test Through the fire See now what you see The tanner that you see now Just a trophy of his grace. Amen. Just a trophy, just a trophy of his grace. Amen. Man, look at all the things. Man, how man, I would love to to man, I want God to use me in a great way. I would love to see and know and understand and this and that. Then just surrender in your draw and You don't need a Bible college. Yeah. You just need surrender and a trial. <laughs> you need a little fire and a pot. Mm-hmm. And you got that. Mm-hmm. Wherever you are, you don't have to be in a Bible college. See, he just took me to Bible college so I couldn't run. <laughs> 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 Flatlining. Whether I'm up Or whether I'm down The only thing I'm focused in on Is what I have in Christ What he's done for me Well you don't look so righteous Right now Well I have imputed Righteousness Mm -hmm. Because I'm in Christ Flatlining. That that position in Christ. To know it. Understand it. Believe it. Is so important. I just want to make sure. To, to just get that across. By the way that flatlining. Is a big help. Also uh, when things aren't going your way. <laughs> in life. When the circumstances in your life. Are. Contrary. The enemy will come and tell you, God doesn't love you. He doesn't see you. He doesn't care. Come on, son, we've all heard those whispers. Mm -hmm. See, that's the importance of keeping, having the right object of faith. That's the important we see we say all the time the right object of faith is the cross it's the cross the right you know you need to keep your eyes on the cross keep your faith in Christ and what he's done don't move it to anything else and we don't just say that just say it because it sounds great and it just rolls off the tongue cuz it it is it's life or death it's a must it's not a good idea is life or death. Because when the right trial comes. When the right circumstance or situation comes. That's all you got. And if you don't look there. You'll walk away. From your faith. Let me just give my personal thing. I had the strongest desire to be married. Object. I had a strong desire to be married. I had, I'll just say, I had a lust to be married. That's the best word to describe it. It was an idol, and I knew it. And I couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop it. It had dominion over me. It controlled my every thought, my every action, my every direction. I was a slave. I knew it was wrong, but I didn't know how to break it. And I grew up in church, so I heard everything. And I'll tell you, it does not work. I didn't read it in a book. I experienced it. It doesn't work. The only thing I found was I was in more bondage because I'm still in slavery to my desire that is not happening. And now I got some rules and regiments to be right with God, which all that did was show me more and more that it was idolatry and I knew it. But I couldn't stop it. You want to talk about being miserable. (laughs) Miserable. It drove me to alcohol. I would just be, be real. It drove me to a lot of things. And I grew up in church and I heard nothing that helped me. Not one single thing. Everything made it harder and worse. I preached the message of the cross. Not because that's what the Bible college said, not because I read it in a book, but because it works, and it's the only thing that set me free. Glory. Glory. And now here I stand with a beautiful wife, who I love to death, and I'm so thankful, and that's by his mercy and his grace, and I did not deserve it. I do not deserve it. He broke the bondage first, then he gave it. Yes. Because He knew if He gave before, He would kill me. See, without without learning the message of the cross, and without placing my faith in the cross, I learned how to rejoice and praise God When everything on the inside said, God does not, he's not for you. We just, can we just be real? This is totally aside from this, Mm -hmm. but God's not, this is what I heard. This is the things I heard in my heart, in my mind, in my, God is not for you. If he loved you, he would do this. If he loved you, this would not have happened. Oh, man, all, man. how did you, how did you, how were you able to praise God and rejoice in Him? Because He gave His only Son to die for me. See, that didn't happen just overnight. I fought that. Because, I don't, no, I don't want to look there. I want this to happen. Yeah. And He put me in a corner and said, you're going to look here and there's nowhere else to look. And I lost all hope that I would ever get married. But it got to a place that I didn't care because I found it. I preached a message called Proper Praise. If you remember, Proper Praise. I preached that a long time. I was still in Bible college. Proper Praise. True praise unto God is always within the the context and the confines of the finished work of Calvary. There's nothing wrong with praising God and thanking Him for the things that He's given you in this life. But what will you do if it is all gone? Can you still praise Him? Oh yes, I would still praise Him. Okay, well then let's let it happen and let's see. Because we'll all very quickly say, yes, we will. And I right now would say, I would like to think that I would because I walked through something where that was all I had. And I learned how to praise him when I felt like I didn't have anything, which it wasn't true. (laughs) I had a lot of things. But when you are struggling with something, it is magnified. And I felt like I had nothing. And it was the thing that drove me to shake my fist at God. But then I met a man named Jesus. Who gave everything for me. It wasn't what I wanted at the moment. See, I didn't want Jesus. I wanted a wife. But he gave me a wife, he gave me his son. <laughs> See, we're a lot like that, more than we admit. Yeah, but we don't really want Jesus. I just don't want this problem right. that makes my world a little shaky. Right. Because the moment the problem's fixed, I'm fine without Jesus still. Yeah. That's right. See, he put me in a place where the problem wasn't going to get fixed, and there was nothing to do but lean. Like Jacob, just going to touch the, I was the hollow of the thigh, and all he could do was clean But through the clinging and the leaning, He taught me how to walk the right way. Then while I was walking, leaning on the cross, like it was my staff, He just so happened to see fit to right next to me. And I wasn't even looking. The cross delivered me and set me free when nothing else would. That's why I'm so strong about it. That's why I won't move to anything else. I don't want to hear anything else. I don't want to listen to anything else. Because this is the thing that works. When you find something, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. (laughs) And I found something that isn't broke. Now it doesn't happen overnight, but it isn't broke. See, we're like fast food. (laughs) If it doesn't happen like that, oh, well it doesn't work. (sighs) Okay. Justification. Not sanctification. We're talking about justification. Not sanctification. But it is. I just wanted to stress. It's so important to really understand justification. So if you can just. Just keep that in your mind. Justification. 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 Uh, The scripture says. But now the righteousness of God. Without the law is manifested. It refers to the act of God. Removing the guilt of. And penalty of sin from the sinner who places his faith in the Lord Jesus as Savior. You had a guilty verdict over you. You placed your faith in Christ and what He did at the cross, and God removed the guilty verdict. Now, if you remove a guilty verdict, you have to put another verdict into place. That verdict is justified. Justification is the verdict. That's why I say it's not just a feeling. It's a verdict. It is a legal verdict. As if you are in a court of law, and the judge, though you are guilty, the judge says, innocent of all charges. You did not do it. That's the idea. It what's the, what's the, uh, there is a law that basically, once you get, uh, once you get acquitted, basically from a crime, you can't be. Jeopardy. Yeah, double no jeopardy. You can't go on trial for it again. You can't. Once the trial happens and a verdict has been handed down, there's no other trial to be had. Mm-hmm. Well, you had your trial. If you placed your faith in Christ, your trial happened already. The only, the only other trial that you have is the judgment seat of Christ. And sin, your failures, won't be brought up there. They, that's already been taken care of in Christ. Your sins have been taken care of. They were ju- He took the judgment that was meant for you upon Himself. Your sins have been dealt with already. In Christ, He paid your penalty. When you were in the courtroom, spiritually speaking, you were in the courtroom, God the Father was on the judgment seat. The adversary is over there, Satan. And he has got all kind of accusations against you and they're true. (laughs) We are guilty. They are true about us. But yet our lawyer comes in who happens to be Jesus Christ, our elder brother. And his dad happens to be the judge. He comes in and says, the blood is paid for. Well, the judge says, well, it's paid for. Innocent. Not guilty. Just a verdict handed down right there. You have that verdict over your life today. Right now. You are justified. In the eyes of God. You are innocent. As though you have never failed. You have never failed. Not one time in your life. You are justified. Because of what Christ has done. And you placed your faith in him. And that's how you. You got that verdict. Based off of what Christ did at the cross. And you. Placing your faith in it and believing it. That's how the verdict got placed on your life. You stop believing, verdict's removed. It's by faith, not by by action. You didn't get it by what you did. You got it by your faith in the right object. You remove your faith from that object to something else, and guess what you lose? You're going to lose that verdict over your life. That's why the object of faith. What what you your faith is only as good as the object it is placed in. If your faith is in yourself, it's not going to be very good because the object it's placed in is not very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the finished work of Calvary, see that won't fail ever. That's right. That's right. Well, that seems pretty solid to me. <laughs> So this also refers to the bestowal of a positive righteousness found only in Jesus Christ in whom the believer stands a righteous person before God's law for time and eternity. So God puts the verdict on you as innocent, not guilty. Not only does he say not guilty, but then he says that you are actually righteous, perfectly righteous that not only did you not commit whatever was said, there's no evidence to prove it, but in all reality, you've never failed not one time in your whole life. Has anybody ever failed one time in their whole? So wait a minute, you have a judgment-based, you have a judgment given that obviously you didn't earn. So It's a good time to say, Amen. <laughs> You did nothing to earn it. You, yourself, were a sinner. You failed the accusation that Satan brought against you. All of your failures and your sins, they are true. And you deserve death. Jesus took your death upon himself. He died your death that you might have his life. All the sins that you committed are washed away and erased. And God the Father says. Not guilty. I don't see one stain. One sin. One failure. No you are righteous. And not man's righteousness. God's righteousness. You know what that means? That means perfect. <laughs> Flawless. Flawless. You are flawless. Yeah. I just I want I want you to see, I want you to see it. Mm-hmm. Flawless. Yes. That's how God sees you right <clears throat> now. Right now. You never fail. As though you have never failed. Oh, but but brother, you don't understand what I'm struggling with. No, no, no. As though you have never failed. Yeah, but you don't know what's in my life. As though you have never... Are you in Christ or not? Yes. If you're in Christ, then he looks and sees Jesus and not you. Yeah, but in my... Well, you just need to die. Well, in my life, flatline... Yeah, but I'm struggling with... Flatline, don't care. You might be struggling with something. And guess what? You are not alone. I'm struggling with We all struggling with something that's not right. But in Christ, you have a perfect, spotless righteousness. You are clothed in Him. You have a robe of righteousness. He gave you freely. You didn't earn it. You didn't do anything to get it. And therefore you can't lose it. By what you do. You didn't get it. You didn't get that robe of righteousness. Based off of anything that you did. You got it based off of what you believed. You believe in who Jesus was. And what he did. On Calvary. When you believe that. That is when. The verdict was placed over you. Yes. Innocent, justified, not guilty. So if he got it by what you believed in, if you got it by your faith in Christ and what he did at the cross, then how do you lose it? By unbelief. Mm-hmm. Then he preached a message about fear, yeah. doubt, yeah. unbelief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fear, unbelief. <laughs> Unbelief. That's how you lose it. That means if you didn't, you can't lose it by what you do. Yeah, but I failed. Well, as for forgiveness. We all fail. It says he's if if we he's faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But you don't lose, you don't lose the verdict of justification just because you failed. Yeah. You lose the verdict of justification if you stop believing. Yeah. You stop believing and you lose it. But a failure does not you you do not lose it. <clears throat> I, I think that's where most people get wrong. They, you know, they fail, then they feel like that's it. It. That's yeah. It. Yeah. I've I've failed, God is not pleased with yeah. me. He's pleased with you by your faith. I'll just, another testimony about myself. I I was, while I was in Bible college, I was failing miserably in an area, and I knew it was wrong. I knew you didn't have, nobody had to tell me. No, but I knew it was wrong. And I was failing. And I went to work one day, and I was alone in the library. And I went and and found a place that I could just be alone and I cried and I cried on my face before the Lord and I asked for forgiveness and I I said, Lord, I just want to please you. I just want to please you. I want you to be pleased with me. Do you know what he told me? He said, I'm pleased with you because you believe in what Christ has done. I'm pleased because of your faith, not what you do. See it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It is His grace and His goodness that will break you and make you (laughs) melt just when I think the hammer is going to come down I find a hand and it picks me up brushes me off I'm pleased with you Not because of what you do or do not do, but because of what you believe, because of your faith, that is what pleases me, son. That's what he told me. But Lord, I'm blowing it. (laughs) I might have been blowing it in my actions. But in my faith, I wasn't loving well, it. Yeah. See, that's what's so hard for us. Because the way that we're raised is always do or don't do. Yeah. If you do this, good things will happen. If you don't do this, good things will happen. If you do this, bad things. That's how we're taught from childhood on up. You don't do your homework, you're going to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. So then when it comes to the gospel It's no longer do and don't It's believe And we go, oh that can't be right And then you hear people say Well that's too easy Okay try it (laughs) Try it when you're failing miserably (laughs) And you're supposed to fight the good fight of Mm faith And you're blowing it Blowing it tell me it's easy then. <laughs> tell me it's easy when you don't know the answer. you can't see anything and the Lord says trust me. tell me that's easy. well that's just too easy If you think it's too easy you haven't tried it that if anyone says that's too that's just easy believism well then that tells me that you have never walked by faith. So you can, you can read. You can read. You can be religious. Read the Bible. Read Scripture. Love God with all your heart, and interpret it wrong because of the lens you look at. It with if you look through the lens of do and don't, that's law, and you can interpret it that way. Brother Bob said something in my. In a Galatians class one time, he said that he, he was talking to the Lord one day about the, uh, basically, the grief gospel. That's what we got could just, the money coming, the gospel. And he's, Brother Bob said, how, God, I, Lord, I don't understand how they can, how can they see money in every scripture? And God spoke and told him, well, easy. If you, if you're looking for that, if that's the lens you look through, that's what you'll see. And he said that the Lord basically kind of, you know, he told him that and he tried it. And he was like, oh, you can. And the Lord said, whatever lens you're looking through, that's the way you're going to interpret scripture. You look through the lens of law, you will interpret scripture that way. Do's and don'ts. Well, we need to do this and not do this. We need to do this, not do this. We should do this and not. And most people will say amen to that all day long. And you know what? You'll, you'll still experience the moving and operation of the Holy Spirit. I'll just be honest. Because what is the purpose of law? To show you that you are unrighteous. So you preach do's and don'ts. And people leave going, Oh man, I've got to be better. And they're convicted. That's still the moving and operation of the Holy Spirit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The problem is, nobody, you, you don't have the answer. And it's just non-stop. I've got to do. I've got to do. I've got. Well, the focus is I am doing. That's a wrong interpretation in this law. Legalism. Paul made it was really clear about that in Galatians. That that will cause death. If I'm talking to an unsaved person, if I'm if I'm preaching a message. To a bunch of unsaved people, unbelievers. I'm going to preach law so hard. That they will feel like they are this big. Because that's what's going to show them that they're sinners. And they need a savior. Scripture says that it is our tutor and our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Is to show you that you're unrighteous. Not righteous. The law is a ministry of condemnation. But see, once I get them to that place, I can't leave them there. I got to give them the answer. Christ. That's exactly what Paul just did. Paul says, The Gentiles are guilty. The Jew is guilty. Everyone is guilty before God. And then he gives the answer. He says, the law is not the answer. He says, in verse 19, Now we know that what things so the law says, it says to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped. That means pretty much everybody is guilty. And everyone will have to answer to it. And all the world may become guilty before God. Oh, see, there it is. <laughs> I should have just kept reading Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight that's verse 20 For by the law is the knowledge of sin So I'm going to preach the hardest law message I can possibly preach to, to a bunch of unbelievers I'm going to preach law so hard so that they'll have the knowledge of sin and when they have a knowledge of sin then they'll then I present the savior and say hey this is the way How do that And that's what we see in verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So now Paul says, hey, by law, no, the only thing you're going to see is sin. But there is a way. There's a righteousness apart from law. And it's actually, I'm not making this up. The Old Testament, the law, and the prophets actually attest to it. They testify to it. So while there was righteousness in the law, while there was a righteousness in the law, I'm sorry. It was a righteousness to which man within his own abilities could not attain. No man will ever be righteous by law keeping. But yet if you can keep the law perfectly, then you can have righteousness. Problem is, we can't. So we can never attain to that righteousness. The law of Moses requires perfect obedience of which no man is capable of. Consequently, God manifested his righteousness in Christ in a different way. And on a different principle from that of law. The principle of law is to instruct and forbid and to require complete obedience. However, the manifestation of God's righteousness in and through His Son, Jesus Christ, though apart from law, is not in any way in opposition to the teaching of the law and the prophets, being in fact anticipated by them. And then, uh, Dad, go ahead as a witness. witness. Can you read that? Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Yes. Proclaims the testimony of the law. To the divine principle of justification. By faith. And is found in Genesis chapter 15. Verse 6. Brother Daniel, Can you go to Genesis chapter 15. Verse 6. And then. Brittany. Can you go to Habakkuk 2.4. And he believed in the Lord. And he counted it. to you him know, For righteousness. Abraham believed. In the Lord, now one of the things that, honestly, has been, not everywhere, but it has been taught about this passage <coughs> in the wrong way, <coughs> is that what did Abraham believe? Well, he believed for a son. No, he believed that the Redeemer was going to come through his line. Right. He yeah. believed that a Redeemer was coming, and he was going to come through his line. That's really what Abraham <laughs> believed. Because remember, Jesus, later on in the gospel, would say, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. yeah. The, the, Abraham's faith, what he believed was that a redeemer was coming and it was going to be through his line. That's what Abraham believed. That's what was acc- accredited and accounted to him for righteousness. He believed that. Go ahead, Brittany. 2-4. So this was the law. Now we're going to see the prophets. Yeah, 2-4. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Habakkuk 2 Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. The just shall live by his faith. Well, faith, what do you mean? What do you mean they live by his faith? Well, it's good. Faith gonna be in something. Well, for Abraham, it was in what? The Redeemer. Abraham, yes. So therefore, it has to be in the Redeemer, and what he would do. It has to be that. If Abraham got it that way, then it has to be, it has to be. Yes. So you see it in the law. And we see it in the prophets. See, Paul didn't just make up what he preached. He searched the Old Testament to make sure. Like, he got revelation, but he searched the scriptures to make sure. A lot of times we won't do that. We'll hear something and say, oh man, God told me. But yet it doesn't agree with the scripture, which we've already talked about before, so we're not going to hammer that. But... So, in fact, the entirety of the Old Testament points exclusively to Christ, which includes all of the equipment of the tabernacle and a lot of other things, etc. Because I could go, we could go from one thing to the next. Everything pointed to Christ. But if you look through it through the lens of law, you won't see that. That's why it was hidden. It had like a veil, the veil of the law. You won't, you won't see it. But if you have the lens of Christ and the cross, if you're looking through the lens of the cross, then when you study the tabernacle, you will see Christ and what he will do. You'll see, I'll just read. Everything pointed to what Christ would do regarding his mediatorial, atoning and intercessory work. If you're looking through the lens of the law, you won't see none of that. Does it mean it's not there? Oh no, it's there. You just got a veil that prevents you from seeing it. We, there are so many believers today with that same veil. The veil of the law. And I think Paul said it in the New Testament. To, to this day, when Israel, when the Jews read it, they, it's the same veil. The same veil is still there. They're believers mm-hmm. that have placed their faith in Christ for salvation, but yet when it comes to sanctification, they read it with the veil of the law and they miss out on so much that's in, but it doesn't mean it's not there. It's there. Paul said it was a mystery, it was hidden, but it was revealed to Paul. Paul got the meaning of the new covenant. Paul was the vessel chosen by God, not by Paul, by God, not by man, by God to reveal the new, he revealed the new covenant to Paul, not any of the other apostles, to Paul. Mm -hmm. Paul got the understanding of the cross. He got the understanding of the new covenant. The cross of Christ is the new covenant. Sure. It is the everlasting covenant. He got the understanding of it through God revealed it to him. God chose that. That's why it's important to pay attention to the message and not the messenger. Because a lot of people rejected Paul because he used to kill Christians. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to the message, not the messenger. Well, they don't look like that. Pay attention to the message. Yeah, but I like them. Well, listen to the message. If it's a wrong message, I don't care how much you like them personally. That's true. Pay attention to the message, not the messenger. Paul got it revealed to him. And he, it was his responsibility to protect it, to teach it, to preach it, to proclaim it. That was his responsibility. That's why he was so uh, protective over the gospel. And he would say, if any man preach another gospel, yeah. let him be a curse. Because he knew. See, Paul, through understanding of the cross, knew. Mm-mm. See, what happens, happening? Ha- this is a strong statement, I know it is. But what's happened in the body of Christ... Is we got a little lax. Mm-hmm. Too lax. Well, it doesn't really matter. Well, you, obviously we... And we didn't see it because we didn't see the cross. Yeah. We didn't see the importance of the cross for everyday life and living. We saw it for salvation. Mm-hmm. But when it came to living for God... Oh, no. We go past the cross and we need to go to the Holy Spirit. Eh, wrong. Now you're going to get into error... And that's exactly what we see. Because the focus well no, we passed it for the cross is for salvation, the Holy Spirit's for sanctification. You're gonna get into error. The cross Mm -hmm. is for sanctification. The Holy Spirit only works within the parameters of the cross. You we need the moving and operation of the Holy Spirit. We need the help of the Holy Spirit, but there's only one way to get it. And that's by doing, no? That's by faith. In the right object, you place it. the same way you got salvation, the same way you got the verdict of justification. Well, all I did was just believe in Christ and what He did. He did. Well, that's the same way that you're going to get the moving and operation of the Holy Spirit for sanctification. Yeah. Yeah. Is to keep your faith in the right thing. My dad talked about discernment today. You know that there's only one way to get that? Right. See, he can preach his blue in the face, but if you don't understand the cross, you can't discern. If that's the case, then we wouldn't have gone so far in the air in the body of Christ. You don't understand. If you don't understand the cross, you don't have discernment. You will in some things. But not what it should be. Then you can get entangled in vain deceit, philosophy, the commandments of men. You'll get tangled up in that because you can't discern that. You won't discern that. That's an attack against the cross. You won't discern it. But you understand the cross, then, you'll, then you will discern it. You understand justification and watch what's going to start happening. You're going to start discerning things that once you thought were right. And you'll go, well, wait a minute. That, that belittles the cross. Well, wait a minute. That, that puts the focus on what I do and not what I believe. Well, wait a minute. See, now it's going to be tested. Do you believe it? Or are you going to abandon it like that whenever a little conflict comes? Because it's going to come. In the body of Christ, we haven't haven't really understood real persecution because we haven't preached the real gospel in its purity. You start preaching the gospel in its purity, you're going to experience persecution. And it won't come from the world. It'll come from religion. It'll come from the church. It'll come from the last person you expected it to come from. It's not going to come from the world. Yeah, you preach sanctification by faith, and you really preach it in its purity. And you preach that law brings death, and that the rules of denominations and men and philosophy and vain deceit and all of the things that are attacks against the cross. You preach that and see what happens. They mm-hmm. really believe. We will experience persecution, and we'll honestly we'll find out what real persecution really is. Yeah. Real persecution, the one that hurts the most, isn't always losing your out, your possessions. It's as a minister. You're an outcast because you preach something that you know is right. And you love God and you got the true message, but no one will let you preach. Mm -hmm. Will you compromise then? Mm -hmm. We will experience persecution. We will see, but just like we talked at the beginning of class, when you get a revelation of the cross, man, even if I never preach again, he has justified me. He has washed my sins away. Yeah, but they cast you out and you'll never preach again. Well, then I'll be an outcast. But in Christ, I have everything that I need. Ministry is not the goal. I was thinking about this this morning in my prayer time. In Philippians, Paul said, That which is behind, just behind is done. We'll leave it there. But I press toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Paul was pressing toward his time to go home, but also Christ's likeness. And it also in Philippians, he said that I might know him. I just want to know him. See, yes, know him relationally, but he also said in the power of his resurrection, being made conformable to his death. Paul wanted a greater knowledge of what Christ had done. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Christ's likeness. He was pursuing that was the that was what he was pursuing. What, what is it that you are pursuing? What are you pressing towards? Are you pressing towards Christ-likeness? Are you pressing towards the high calling? Are you pressing towards understanding and knowing Him and what He did for you at the cross? Or are you pressing toward ministry? Are you pressing toward a church? Are you pressing toward a career or a job or a relationship? What are you pressing towards? He just wanted to know Him. I am this I'm in my Lord. I just want to know what you've done for me at the cross. I want, I, I, I just want to know not through a mental knowledge, but I'm talking about no, I want that revelation knowledge, that experiential knowledge because that's the only thing that's real knowledge. A mental descent is not knowledge. God came up. ...with a way that doesn't involve law, works, or anything else except faith in Jesus Christ and what he would do. That is verse 21.
1: (laughs) We are not going to get into verse
0: 22. Uh, But I I expected this to happen. I knew that Mm -hmm. it was going to be slower as we move through this. So that'll be it for (laughs) today. We are learning the justification from here. I've been so excited to get here. And it's going to get better and better. And and Mm -hmm. if you're from the south, from if you're Cajun, Mo better. This is just the surface. uh, This is really only scratching the surface Mm -hmm. of the cross of Christ. This is just justification, and we haven't even really jumped. We haven't even just dove in. Really, this is. Remember the heading. It is the introduction to justification. This, I'm telling you. I just want to encourage you. For one, keep coming. Keep, keep, keep coming. Come for yourself. Come for your faith. I pray, Lord, move by Your Spirit, because I can. Me just talking isn't doing anything. It's, it's me speaking and the Holy Spirit moving with that in that's each right. heart. and e- That's why it's so important to have the moving and operation of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I can get up here and talk until I can't talk anymore and I lose my voice. But if the Spirit of God isn't moving and making it real to each heart, then I'm wasting right. my time. But I know that I know that I know that, that it's not what is happening right. in this class. That the Lord is moving. By His Spirit and revealing, I believe to every heart here. Not just, I believe every heart here. And I'll just praise God that I'm so thankful for that.